0: Matthew 21, verse, beginning with verse 12, Then Jesus went into the temple of God, drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple, overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he said to them, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. Then the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. But when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, And the children crying out in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the sons of David. Hosanna to the sons of David. They were indignant and said to him, do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said to them, yes. Have you ever read out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants? You have perfected praise. Jesus' words. In Matthew 21:13 are from the Old Testament, they're found in Isaiah 56, verse 17, "Even then I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar, and my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations." You see, the children of Israel missed the assignment that God had for them. God never called them to be exclusively his in the sense and to the exclusion of others. They were meant to be a nation of priests, a nation of prophets, to declare the word of the Lord and to represent the one true God among all the idolatrous nations that were around them. But oftentimes they missed that. If you remember in the book of Galatians, Paul came and preached and Peter was there. And he had to deal with that prejudice against Gentiles. They didn't understand that their call was not to be just an exclusive nation under the Lord, but they were called to be a nation of priests and a nation of prophets on behalf of the one true God. Well, we're not a club today. We're not just another social gathering that's getting together to try to plan our next outing. But we're called to be a to be a holy nation, the Bible talks about, of priests and prophets declaring the word of the Lord into this community, into this city. And here's what he said. He said, My house shall be called a house of prayer. We're in a time of a hard reset. Resets are hard. It's hard to reset your computer reset is defined as to set again to set adjust or fix in a new or different way but I found this definition of a hard reset a hard reset is a process of reverting a device back to the state it was in when shipped from the factory God is restoring the church to our original purpose What is our original purpose? Our original purpose is first of all to give glory to God. We're to worship him. We're to praise him. We're to be a worshiping people. We're to be, the Bible says we are all priests. Aren't you glad that you don't have to go find the priest this morning, someone with a collar on and, and say, Let me confess my sins to you. But you can go directly to the Father. Come on, somebody. See, we have access because when he cried, it is finished at Calvary. The veil was ripped in two. And the Holy of Holies was now available to every believer. We don't have to go through a man, we just have one mediator. His name is Jesus. Hallelujah. And in the name of Jesus I go to the Father and I can plead my case and I can come as a priest we're called to be a worshiping people in this hour and a priest to the nations of the earth so we must discover the original blueprints so we can return to our original purpose we're called to make disciples we're called to help people get established in the faith and one of the things that I've been reading of late about the church is the church is going to get back very seriously to the great commission. Tim let us in the beautiful course. Send me out. Here I am. Send me out. Let's not just sing that song and walk out of these doors. But let that be a confession of faith today. Send me out, Lord. Send me to someone who's hurting. Send me to someone who needs Jesus. Send me to that individual that I can lead them to the Lord Jesus Christ and see them come to the Lord Jesus Christ. God is restoring us to our original purpose. As I begin to look at this word reset, I just look for confirmation last Sunday when I preached about reset I saw this on a a daily prophetic by Doug Addison he said this is a day of new beginnings the old is gone Dutch Sheet says America is now in the reset phase of the great turnaround hell won't stop it I was at a conference just a few days ago and in the conference the brother that spoke He spoke about the kingdom of God is still open for business. Listen, they may have shut our services down. They may have said, you can't meet. But I want to tell you, we found a way to preach the gospel. We found a way to get the word out. Can you say amen? Here's some more confirmation. Here's a prophet. This uh, prophetic lady, her name's Sarah Cheeseman. She was a part of a prophetic team that ministered to us some years ago when we were in um, Australia. Look at what she wrote. It's time for a reboot. On this day, 10-10-2020, he is resetting and rebooting this year. And then I want you to see this right here, uh, Reset 2020 live stream. That was Dutch Sheet's conference this weekend, and I participated in some of that online. And here's what I want you to see. I always look for confirmation when I feel like I'm hearing something from the Lord. 2 Corinthians 13, 1, and Matthew eighteen sixteen. But let me read it to you. This will be the third time I'm coming to you. By the mouth or two or three witnesses, every word will be established. When you start seeing something everywhere, God's speaking. But you'll start hearing different phrases and you'll start seeing it in different places. God is confirming his word to you. See, don't limit God to church. Now here's some scripture for you. Joshua chapter 3 verse 4. We've not been this way before. Isaiah 48, 19, I'm doing something brand new, something unheard of. Even now it sprouts and grows and matures. Don't you perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and open up flowing streams in the desert. Listen to me. God positions things for us just ahead of us on the path. God's got your breakthrough already on the path. Don't be discouraged. Just keep walking. Just keep believing. And in just a little while, You're going to walk into the door that God has for you. It's just ahead. It's not far away, but you can't see it yet. It may be around the next bend. Just keep walking by faith, and you're going to walk into that door. Somebody give God praise. Our promotion, our breakthrough, our provision, our healing, what do we need? God's already put it on the path. We just have to keep walking the path. You say, Well, let's talk about the path. Thank you, I will. So let's find our new pathway. Well, Psalm sixteen eleven, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Psalms twenty three three, He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. He, he leads me in paths of righteousness. Proverbs four eighteen. But the path of the just is like the shining sun that shines even brighter unto the perfect day. So I want you to see God is talking about our path. Listen, we find our path in prayer on our knees. We find our path by listening to the voice of the Lord. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. God is speaking to the church today. The question is not is God speaking. The question is, are we listening? Are we tuned in? Now the key is, is are we tuned into the frequency of heaven? Have we got our receiver dialed in to His signal? We got to dial our signal in. God wants us on the right frequency. If you get on the right frequency, you're going to find your path. See, some of us are looking for our path. Where's my path? Well, Proverbs 4.18 says, path of the just is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. So we find our path in prayer on our knees. Notice, listen to what he said in Psalm 16.11. He said, You will show me the path of life. He shows me the path. Psalms 23.3, You lead me. He leads me on the path. Psalms 418, he shines the light on the path. And we walk this path by faith as God leads us. Romans 8, 14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. He shows us, he leads us, and he shines the light on our pathway. But I love this scripture, and I I just added it in here. And I'm declaring this scripture over us today in prayer. You crown my year with goodness and your paths drip with abundance. You crown the year with your goodness. This has been the toughest year of some of our lives. It's been a hard year. Uh, Look at Facebook. You'll hear people say over and over again, I'm ready for 2020 to be gone. Yep, 2020 has been hard. 2020 has been difficult. 2020, and we, we look at this year as one of the... Most difficult years that we've had as a nation, as we've had as a people, and many of us have had in our families. Only God can turn that around. So I declare in 2020, not 2021, but in the remaining part of 2020, I am praying Psalm 6511 over you. You crown the year 2020 with your goodness. And your paths drip with abundance. At the very beginning of this pandemic, the Lord spoke these words to me. I've shared this with you, but I just I felt that I need to just say this one more time. He said, son, at the end of this storm, there will be a visitation of my spirit. What does visitation look like? Well, look at verse 12. Then Jesus went into the temple of God, drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple, and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. This is a visitation. Now listen, we tend to think of Jesus, we've got pictures of Jesus, of what we think Jesus is, holding little lambs. We've got pictures of Jesus that picture him as the meek, the lowly Jesus, that picture him as as joyful. There are pictures that you can buy of him with little children. And we think of Jesus ministering to the children. We think of Jesus healing the sick and doing those things. But we don't often see pictures of Jesus overturning tables. But there it is right there in the scripture. Jesus came into the temple. Remember what he said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. And he turned the tables over. Wouldn't you like to have been there that day? Man, he starts turning tables over. And in one passage of scripture where he cleanses the temple, he drove them out of the temple. Can you imagine Jesus driving people out of the temple? that's what reset looks like you say pastor you think jesus is going to come and turn over our tables i sure hope not because i hope that we have tables that are tables of fellowship and tables of intimacy and tables that are spread in relationship with him and not tables that we are profiting on the backs of his people from so what will jesus deal with he turns things over and he moves things away and he takes things away that's what reset looks like so what is god doing he's giving us a new understanding he is restoring his church to her original purpose we have to go back to the blueprints sometimes when you have to work on a house or you have to work on a building you have to go back and look at the original blueprints to see how that thing was designed and, and to see why did they put that pipe where they put it where you can't get to it. We think, why in the world did they do that? God's trying to bring us back to our original. So we have to go look at the blueprints. Where do we find the blueprints? We find them in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We find them in the book of Acts. We find them in the epistles of Paul. And as we read that, we have to say, Lord, where do you reset us? So we're experiencing a hard reset to restore us. To the purpose that he designed and equipped us for. And here's what we're called to do. We're called to walk in kingdom authority. Stop allowing the devil to just open your door and come in your house. Rise up. You say, Pastor, but my daughter has cancer. You fight that cancer with everything within you. In the name of Jesus, my daughter shall live and not die in the name of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, God is bigger than my problem. He's bigger than my fears. He's bigger than what I'm going through. In the name of the Lord, I'm going to walk in kingdom authority. The church is called to walk in kingdom authority, Matthew 28, 18 and 19. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore, we go in that authority to make disciples of all the nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit so God wants to give you keys one of the keys that God gives to you is a key of authority Isaiah twenty-two twenty-two. listen to what he said he said the key of the house of David I will lay on his shoulder so he shall open no one shall shut he shall shut and no one shall open God has given us keys in this season that will open and close Matthew 16:19 says this I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven these keys are the keys of the kingdom of heaven how many of you remember in 2016 we talked about keys for about a year I'm still talking about keys I still have my key with me I've taken this key all over the world everywhere I'm gone I've taken this key and this represents to me there's no power in this key if I lose this key it don't mean anything except that I lost something that helps me remember but this key represents the keys to the kingdom that God has put in my hands that I have the ability through the name of Jesus based on my relationship with him as a spirit-filled believer not because I hold papers in a denomination not because I'm a reverend or a doctor or any of that business it's because I'm a child of the king and you have the same authority in the name of the Lord no matter what's in front of your name it's mr. and mrs. or Ms. Or, or you just go by your first name it has nothing to do with your standing in society it has everything to do with your relationship with God you have the keys that whatever I bind on earth will be bound in heaven whatever I loose on earth will be loosed in heaven in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ notice what he said in, in Matthew 16:18, I will say to you you are Peter on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it the word church there comes from the Greek word ekklesia let me give you a definition when Jesus used this word church the disciples weren't hindered by our contemporary preconceived ideas as to what it meant today it is a worship service Today it is a building used by Christians or a local congregation of Christians. And I'm not demeaning that. But to the Greeks in Christ's day, an ecclesia was an assembly of people set apart to govern the affairs of a state or nation, a parliament or congress. To the Romans, it was a group of people sent into a conquered region to alter the culture until it became like Rome. When Jesus said he would build his church, here's what he was saying. He was without question speaking of a body of people who would legislate spiritually for him, extending his kingdom government rule over the earth. We're not called to hold the fort till Jesus comes. We're called to occupy the land in the name of the Lord. So I issue a challenge to you today. Rise up, O child of the King. Rise up, O anointed one. Rise up, spirit-filled believer, and begin to use your authority in the name of Jesus. Listen, when you walk into a meeting, you bind that meeting up and declare that Jesus is Lord over that meeting. When you go in for an interview, you pray for the favor of God over that interview. When you go and do things and you represent the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, you go prayerfully, you go anointed, you go in the name of Jesus, and you watch how God will work. It's time for us to rise up. The enemy wants to Silence our voice. The enemy wants to intimidate us. Rise up in the name of the Lord. Stand for righteousness. Stand for godliness. Stand for holiness. Stand for the things of God. Stand for life in this issue. Let's declare and shift this nation today. Let's shift this city today. Let's shift our families today. Let's shift things today in the name of the Lord. We are the ecclesia, the called out ones, the assembled ones. September eleventh, two 2001. September 11th, I was waiting downstairs for my wife and daughter to get dressed, and we were going to look at a house, and we had planned to sign a contract that day to sell our house. And while I was watching TV, I watched them come on and say says that it's apparent that a plane has hit the World Trade Center, they didn't realize what had happened, and then it began to unfold. Well, we went on, and we looked at the house, but we wound up at this house of a lady we didn't know, sitting on a little sun porch that she had watching in horror all the events unfold wondering if what was going on confused we signed a contract that day with our realtor well life returned to normal and things got back normal we sold the house moved into a different house but i've never forgotten that day and many of you've never forgotten that day you could tell me right where you were on the one year anniversary we had a pastoral group that gathered down in the city of baltimore and i was a part of that and we had a brother that came from ghana From Africa he was a bishop he's still a bishop there he still he's got a tremendous church there and he spoke to us that morning about America and the importance of America and how the enemy brought that attack against this nation and he made a statement I have never forgotten it I've preached messages off of it I've quoted it he said in Ghana when the government does something that is against the church and he says that happens to us he said we call a prayer meeting And we gather in the church and here's what he said that i've never forgotten he said we legislate in the heavenlies say that again we legislate in the heavenlies i feel the holy ghost in this place he said we pray and we declare the will of god until breakthrough comes now when you legislate in the heavenlies that's not a now lay me down to sleep i pray thee lord my soul to keep if i should die before i wake what kind of confession is that we don't pray that prayer we declare i'm going to live they legislate in the heavenly. that's warfare prayer how do you do that you declare the word of god you declare the will of god you declare god's name over everything that's happening see prayer is not a laundry list of all the things that i need lord my refrigerator's broken down lord i gotta get a new back tire Lord, you know, you can pray about those things and ask the Lord to lead you in in those things. But legislating in the heavenlies is exercising kingdom authority. Now, let me say this, and then I'm finished. The gates of Hades are not physical gates, but the governmental plans of hell. Biblical gates were often where judges sat to rule or governing council met to make decisions. But here's what Dutch Sheets writes. He says, in this first decree about the church, Jesus is saying that the kingdom government, hell has plans for you and your family. Hell has plans for you and your family. But I hear a sound from heaven. I hear a sound from heaven this morning. But God, we claim, Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have for you. I've come this morning looking for some people who will say, I'm no longer going to be just passive in my prayer life. My prayer life's not just going to be a second thought, but I'm going to learn how to legislate in the heavenlies. And I'm going to declare, Jesus taught us, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy kingdom come. Jesus taught us How to legislate in the heavenlies. I don't remember a lot of what that brother said that day, but I remember what he said about legislating in the heavenlies. How many of you want to see abortion overturned in this nation? We have to legislate in the heavenlies. We need a president who'll stand for life, who'll stand up for religious freedom. How are we going to get that? We have to legislate in the heavenlies. We need city officials and county officials who'll stand behind. Law enforcement. How are we going to receive that? We legislate in the heavenlies. We need peace in our city. We need peace um, where the gangs are shooting at one another and where we have violence and where we have uh, wickedness and where we have drug abuse. How are we going to get that? We legislate in the heavenlies. Listen, we can affect more change in prayer meetings, legislating in the heavenlies, crying out to God in this church than we can if we get out here and march with signs up and down this road. Hell has plans, but it's time for us to overturn those plans and declare the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Who is the church? Folks, the church is not this building. You and I are the church. And when two or three are gathered together, he comes in the midst of them. So what is the original purpose of God's ecclesia? It is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer. We are to exercise kingdom authority. What happens? Four things. Prayer gets restored. He said, my house is a house of prayer. He drove out the money changers. And if you go to Jerusalem today, the money changers are still there. Prayer gets restored to the house of God. So, Lord, drive out whatever you need to drive out in our lives that keeps us from our time with you, our intimacy with you, our fellowship with you. Number two, power gets restored. The blind and the lame were healed. The altar is rebuilt, and then we will see the miracles we long for. Purity gets restored. You see what they did? There was a return to personal holiness and purity. And then fourthly, praise gets restored. God wants to give you a joy song. Listen, if you watch the news 24-7, you're going to be depressed. You're going to be angry. Get into the good news. Get into the presence of God. God will open things up and show you what's to come. And he'll give you a hope that is beyond the hope that you're experiencing or have ever experienced. It's time for us to rebuild the altars in our homes and in our lives. And become the ecclesia God has called us to become.